When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Ron Siles and today we have the Week 3 Rapid Reaction Show. The Chiefs have improved to 3-0 for the third straight season after a win over the Baltimore Ravens. And that was a fun game. I mentioned it on the preview show this week that this game was going to be one of the most hard-fought and entertaining games of the entire season. And I think I was right. This game was very fun to watch. I imagine even more fun to watch if you didn't have a, a vested rooting interest in this game, uh, being either either a Ravens fan or a Chiefs fan. At first, I'll start with the home opener. The crowd was great. The field looked incredible. I love the throwback end zones. I love the throwback midfield logo. I don't think that they're going to keep that for all eight games, but I wish that they would. I think that if I had to guess, we'll see them... You know, the throwback end zones and the throwback logo again against the Packers uh, for the NFL 100 celebration on Sunday Night Football. But don't quote me on that. I'm not positive. But again, just I love the I love the new field or not new field, the old field and the uh, home opener. As far as the game goes, it started out the way almost every game has so far this year. A roller coaster of emotions where you think, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then in the second quarter, the Chiefs take over, and you realize that Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs, the chapter in this Chiefs storybook is different than, you know, the the previous chapter of Alex Smith. This team is different. They're going to find a way to win games and not find a way to lose them. Last week against the Raiders, you saw that the Chiefs got down early. Things didn't go their way at first. You, you know, the offense didn't score in the first quarter. And I thought that the, that that game was not going to go their way the rest of the way. I thought that the Raiders were playing inspired football, and it was going to be too much for the Chiefs. They came back and won this game. In this one, you hear all about before the game how Lamar Jackson in this in this uh, Ravens offense is too explosive. Uh, they're one of the best offenses in football. Lamar Jackson has turned a corner in his career already, and he's developed into a, a passer of the football, not just a running back. And then. You get out in this game and you get the ball first. 
the Ravens defense completely shuts you down, wrecks your offensive line, wrecks your possession. You don't get any points on the first drive. And then the Ravens get the ball and go right down the field and score. While uh, John Harbaugh on that possession was not afraid of you at all, not going to punt you the football, going to go for it, go for it, go for it. He gets the touchdown. They make the point after attempt, but there's a flag, so they try to redo the, uh, the two-point conversion, and they don't get that. And, and I think that if they got that two-point conversion, we're having a totally different discussion because this Chiefs team was shell-shocked after the first two drives, after the Ravens shut down the Chiefs' offense, and after the Chiefs, after the Chiefs' defense got absolutely shredded by Lamar Jackson. But let's go back to the Chiefs' offense to start the game. That offensive line play to start the game was terrible. Five hurries, a sack, a couple more pressures on top of that. It was awful, and it was led by Cam Irving, who was filling in for Eric Fisher and is going to be filling in for a long time. This problem is not going away. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you're traveling to Detroit next week against one of the best front sevens in the NFL. So that's a little bit concerning, a little bit concerning for the Chiefs, but we can look ahead to that later. This is all about the Ravens game, the Rapid Reactions podcast for the Ravens Week 3 game. Right now, again, the offensive line played terrible, and it caused the offense to start slow again. Luckily, your defense showed up after that first drive for a little while, but they couldn't quite contain the Ravens all game long. But that's expected. Nobody expected this defense to shut down the Ravens. Nobody. They shut down the Raiders last week after a great first quarter by the, Raven, uh, by the Raiders offense, but they shut them down for the second through the fourth quarter. They couldn't do that to the Ravens in... I'm honestly not surprised nor discouraged by that because I don't think a lot of teams are going to be shutting down this Ravens offense. Now, you can make the argument that on a lot of these plays, a lot of these gamble plays on fourth down, third and long, where Lamar Jackson's dancing around, throwing across his body to the opposite side of the field off his back foot, twirling and twisting around, you can make the argument that that's more luck than it is skill, and eventually those will even out. It just so happened that you're playing them at a time where they're getting those plays to go in their favor. On the flip side of that, also the Chiefs secondary just didn't have any ball control. They didn't have any ball uh, skill whatsoever. They had two or three interceptions that were right in their hands, but guys like Seth Roberts were going up and taking it away from them. Just an awful display there. Uh, But again, you can make the case that Lamar Jackson's success tonight was all luck. I mean, yes, he's a a skilled runner, and he can make defenders look foolish when they're trying to sack him, and he he makes incredible plays in eluding sacks. That's true. That part of it is good. But his throws tonight were either short into a tight end or a jump ball prayer that was completely luck rather than skill on either party's side. So I think that that will balance out. But again, this offense started really slow for the Chiefs. Bad offensive line. Mahomes stood in there, though. And for some reason, Mahomes was rattled tonight in the sense of, not rattled, but in the sense just angry tonight. From, from, from the word go, he was yelling, he was screaming about plays, and we hadn't seen that fire about him ever in his career to this point. He was getting into it with Andy Reid a little bit, going into the halftime break. Things like that were happening tonight consistently for Mahomes. I don't know if he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't know if this is a new leaf for Mahomes and he's turning more into a vocal leader and he's turning more into that fiery competitor because he realizes that he is on the verge of greatness, and that could be it too. 
But that's just something to note that I noticed during the game was that Mahomes was more vocal, more animated, and more fiery tonight than he normally is. Now, he always got excited after scores, but this was different. This was after bad plays. This was getting on to offensive linemen. This was getting on to wide receivers. This was getting on to Andy Reid. I mean, it was different tonight than in any game he's played before here. But again, he stood in there in the pocket as well. In the face of pressure, he was delivering dimes left and right, and that's something you love to see from your quarterback because it proves yet again that Mahomes' success was not a fluke. It was also not Andy Reid designing wide-open passes that anyone can throw. It takes skill to get hit while you're throwing and still throw perfect passes, and anyone who doubts that by now just isn't watching the games or just doesn't understand what they're watching. But I want to talk about Nicole Hardman on the offensive side of the ball. He had a coming out party, and I, I have been calling for this ever since Tariq Kill's injury, but you saw it tonight. Nicole Hardman was used in all of the motion that Tyreek Hill normally is used in. He had a beautiful 83-yard touchdown. Miko Harbin looked great tonight, and it took him three games to get there, and that's fine. He's a rookie from Georgia, and also, let's not forget, coming into this game, expected to be maybe the fourth option on this team. Now he's the second-best receiver, and if Sammy Watkins isn't having uh, the best game or is getting you know too much attention like he was tonight to have, an out, uh, have a breakout game, then he got thrust into the second job, you know, the, the second role in the wide receiving room. So he had a really good game tonight, and I think that this is going to just build for him and build for him and build for him throughout the rest of the year. Going back to the comment about Mahomes and Andy Reid getting into it. Before the half, after scoring 23 unanswered points, well, 20 unanswered points because a three came from the field goal at the break, but after scoring 20 unanswered points with 10 seconds left, Andy Reid elected to just go for the field goal with with 10 seconds on the clock and not even give his offense a chance. Mahomes, Kelsey, Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, a chance with 10 seconds to get into the end zone. And that really rubbed Kelsey and Mahomes the wrong way. And I'm sure it rubbed a lot of people at home the wrong way, including myself. I was also bothered by the fact that after the initial play was over to, to get to that point in the field, the offense was hurrying to the line of scrimmage. Andy Reid let them hurry to the line of scrimmage. Once the offense got set with 10 seconds left, Andy Reid burns a timeout and then sends the field goal unit out there. That was very dumb to me. Call a timeout after the, after the previous play was over. Run one play. Trust that Mahomes will make the right decision. Trust that he won't throw it over the middle. Trust that he won't take a sack. Trust that he will stop the clock in some way, either via a touchdown or, or a route to the out-of-bounds you know, sideline, trust that he'll do the right thing. Andy Reid didn't trust him. They went for three, they got three, and they scored again 23 unanswered points in the second quarter. I think that you can play both sides, but with this offense, there's a greater chance that they get that touchdown than that they don't. And that's the amazing thing about this offense, and that's why people are so frustrated at the halftime break with the fact that Andy Reid didn't go for it. Because if they go for it and if they get it, that is a backbreaker for the Ravens. And that game would be over at halftime. That would be an over game, but instead it went down to the wire. So that's just a note to see, are we going to get conservative Andy back? Are we going to get Andy who kind of folds in crucial moments or takes the easy way out? You've got to have a balance of that and trusting Patrick Mahomes. And in that situation, 
you have to trust Mahomes that he will either find the end zone or he will get out of bounds, stop the clock, and still allow you to kick the field goal. You just got to. And I think that if Andy Reid had it back, he'd do it differently. But that situation cannot happen again. That's something to monitor going forward. So, you know, again, the offense, from the offensive perspective, let's reset here. Bad offensive line play, which is going to continue next week against Detroit. I'm already going to tell you that right now. Detroit has a great front seven. This Chiefs offensive line, led by Cam Irving, is not going to contain them. So it's going to be up to Andy Reid and Mahomes to work out some plays with some short stuff that can get the ball out quick and, uh, and hope for the best. Mecole Hardman was very good tonight in pretty much the exact role that Terry Kill would be used in. Obviously not as good as Terry Kill because Terry Kill is arguably the, arguably the best receiver in football. But Mecole Hardman was very good tonight. And then Andy Reid has to trust Mahomes more. He has to trust that Mahomes knows what he's doing and will make the smart decision. Because to this point in his career, yeah, everyone calls him a gunslinger because that's the easy narrative to put on him. But he's never made the wrong decision. He's never done something where you look at him and go, what were you even thinking there? Has he had a, had a bad throw in his career? Sure. He's had, a, he's had a couple bad throws. But he's never had a decision that you cannot justify, that you cannot see what he's going for. He's never had a boneheaded, a boneheaded play like this would have been in the half with 10 seconds left. So you have to trust him in that spot. And if he makes, the bad, if he makes a bad decision... Okay, we can learn from that. You know, you know the, the Chiefs can learn from that, but I don't think he would have. I think that he would have made the right call right there. So we have to see Andy Reid progress in that role and trust, trust Mahomes going forward uh, with that situation. So let's shift over to the defense. We mentioned it kind of in the mix with the offense, but the defense started out bad. They got carved up early on the first drive. I mean, it was like a 14-play 84 or something yard drive, 14 plays. Uh, they were going for it. They were uh, not afraid at all, not not, tr- not not trembling to the Chiefs' defense, which why would you? But after that, they shirred up for a little bit. They forced, like a, a, I think, three three and outs in this game total. Uh, they played a good game. Again, the stat sheet is not going to reflect that. The stat sheet is going to have the Ravens, with however many points they finished up with, I'm just hopping on here right now. We'll have more of the stat things uh, coming up this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. But the, the Ravens kept it close. They got a ton of yards. They got a ton of points. But if you actually watch the game, the Chiefs' defense didn't play bad. Take away, now, now it's easy to say this, but take away the prayers from Lamar Jackson. The 50-50 balls throwing across his body after he escapes a sack and throwing it downfield to where the Chiefs literally have saucers in their eyes about to make an interception and then for whatever reason they don't Seth Roberts muscles it away or frankly the Chiefs secondary looks like they have no idea what a football is take those plays out that could go either way and this is a different ball game this is a more level ball game and this is a good Chiefs defensive showing because again nobody expected the Chiefs to limit the Ravens offense going into it this is why this was the most anticipated game of the weekend the, the most anticipated game of the weekend was the Ravens and Chiefs, not for a defensive battle, but for Mahomes-Lamar Jackson. One offense versus the other offense. That's why this was anticipated, and the Chiefs still had a good showing defensively, I think. Again, look beyond the box score, watch the game. They had a good showing, and, and I've been one of the most critical people about the Chiefs' defense 
going back to last year and to this year. But they had a good showing tonight. The stats aren't going to show it, but watching it, the eye test will. So, you know, again, Lamar Jackson got lucky on a, on a ton of plays, and I hate that word. I hate describing anything as luck, but let's let's call a spade a spade. They got lucky on a few plays and got bailed out by just immaculate catches or just pass interferences that, that weren't called, even though they were challenged, they weren't egregious, so they didn't get overturned. I mean, just things like that, push-offs, things like that led to a few big plays that made the numbers look worse than they were. And then once they get those first downs on those few big plays, they have like a yard to go to the end zone. About every NFL team that's even close to being decent, even close to being a playoff team, is going to be able to punch it in one yard out. The Ravens are one of the best teams in football. If you give them first and goal from the one, they're going to score. Simple as that. Against any defense. Any defense. So I don't I don't mind the Chiefs defensive performance tonight. John Harbaugh went for two three times and didn't get it. He left three points on the field tonight, including a situation where he was down eleven and elected to go for two and didn't get it. Where if he kicks a field goal, I mean if he hits a point after attempt there. He's down 10, two possessions cleanly. You don't need to go for two. You just need to score a touchdown, get the PAT, and kick a field goal. That's it. That's a whole different situation than being down 11. Now let's even say he gets it. Being down 9, you're basically in the same situation you were if you're down 10. Now a touchdown and a field goal wins it instead of ties it, but I'd much rather tie the game at 10 than try to scrap together 11 points at the end. But that's just me. He got really cute in this game. He was coaching like a like a coach who didn't believe in his team. He was coaching as if they were the underdogs, which they were five-point underdogs, but five points isn't a lot. You get three points just for being at home. He, he was coaching as if this team had no business being in a game at Arrowhead Stadium. He was coaching as if Brian Flores brought the Dolphins to Kansas City brought the Dolphins to Arrowhead Stadium, and the Dolphins were about to escape with a win, so he had to break out all the stops. He had to go for it on fourth down every time. He had to go for PA, uh, you know, two-point conversions. He didn't trust any facet of his game. Now, I do like a few of the going, going, for, going for it on fourth down. The fourth downs were, were pretty inspired, I think, because I think we'll see people copy that. Because, again, Michael Hardman had an 83-yard touchdown play in this game. It doesn't really matter where you give the Chiefs offense the ball. They're probably going to score. So you might as well go for it and see if you can expose this Chiefs defense. I like the fourth down calls. What I don't like is the the, the two-point conversions. You left three points on the board. And again, going back to that very first drive, you score the touchdown to go up six, you you kick the PAT, you're up seven, and that all gets wiped down back to six because you accept the penalty and try to go for two and don't get it. It feels a whole lot different. It feels different coming off the field after a made point after attempt than it does a missed one. You could have shell shocked the chiefs to no end having the seven points on the board. And of course, even eight points, obviously they would have made it, but you didn't make it. Things like that were just crazy to me from John Harbaugh. But I, again, I, I did like his fourth down calls because I don't think it matters. If you don't get a fourth down against the Chiefs, oh well. You're not sacrificing that much field position because a great punt to the 10-yard line doesn't matter against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes can still make you pay for that. You can have a beautiful punt to the 5-yard line, and it doesn't matter. So I don't mind the fourth down calls. I mind the two-point conversion calls. 
But again, that's just the rapid reactions from this game on Sunday afternoon. We'll have an entire show on Tuesday and Wednesday to discuss this game in more depth and also preview the Lions game as well as recap this entire NFL weekend and preview next NFL weekend. So this has been the Arrowhead Podcast. It's a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. You can go to arrowheadact.com and read all the stories on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And you can also on there send me your NFL hot takes regarding the Chiefs or just the NFL in general for ruling on the field, which will return this week after a debut segment last week, which was really fun. So again, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I appreciate everyone listening. Leave a like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff down below. Thank you all for listening. Again, this has been the Aerodactic Podcast. I'm Ryan Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.